broadcasting from down on the bayou. It's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. Welcome to episode 95 of the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm David Boston. He is Patrick Fry. We are broadcasting live from the Collar and Elbow Studios. And the great thing about that, you boys have a checkout code. You can save 10% off your entire order at collarandelbowbrand.com by just putting in one word at checkout, the Average Marks. Our shirt of the day is the Life is a work shirt. What you think about that, Patrick? You know, I guess the saying life is a work. Well, I don't know. It seems like more like a shoot to me, but, <laughs> uh, you know, life is, is the real deal. Uh, life is different for everyone. And, you know, you got to take it. At least I do. I take it a day at a time. And, uh, you know, now when it comes to as a work, you know, being that I feel like I'm at work all the time. Yes. Uh, life is a work. You know, that saying would be appropriate. But definitely, life is a work. If you're talking about actually working all the time as an adult, yeah, I can believe that. But you know, when it comes to the term "work" in professional wrestling, professional wrestling versus a shoot, yeah, you know, life, life's a shoot for me, man. It's it's the real thing. Right on. All right. So they always have great clearance prices on their clearance rack. You can get ten percent off on your entire clearance order as well. It's a really good deal. You don't get anything extra added onto your checkout cart. Stays the same. It's just if you buy it with our checkout code, Collar and Elbow is going to kick back your boys a few extra dollars, and it helps make the show better. So we'd appreciate that if you would. So, Patrick, tell them about what's going on today on the show. So on the Average Marks episode number 95 for April the 22nd, 2021, as I pull it up here, We're going to talk about Impact Rebellion, which is this weekend humongous match between Kenny Omega and Rich Swan. It's title for title, the AEW World Championship and the Impact World Championship, both on the line. One of these two men are going to walk away with world championships from two different wrestling organizations. We're going to talk about that. Also, where will that take this AEW slash Impact relationship? Where will it go from here? Also, we're going to react a little bit to the Stone Cold A&E biography documentary that came out last weekend. And then, of course, you know another one coming up this weekend with Roddy Piper. Also, Ronda Rousey is uh, finally pregnant. We'll talk about that as well. It seemed like she was trying to get pregnant two years ago. But, hey, you know, sometimes people may have trouble uh, getting pregnant, but she's finally pregnant. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, Pat McAfee made his debut on commentary last week on SmackDown. We'll talk about that as well. And for the first time ever on The Average Marks, we're going to play a little game called Marry, Fuck, Kill, where... Well, you just said the F word. I know, but I thought we were allowed to say the F word now, aren't we? I mean, I guess so. We only have five subs on YouTube, so we don't have to worry about being monetized anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think they'll care if we drop an F-bomb here or there. But we're going to play that game where David's going to give me three women in in the world of wrestling. And I got to, you know, most of you know how this game goes. You got to pick one to marry, pick one to, I'll just say F for now, just in case. (laughs) And then you got to pick one to kill. And then also we got the rumor mill. A few things in rumor mill. You know, Charlotte Flair has been suspended by WWE and also fined $100,000. So we'll talk about what is really going on with Charlotte Flair. Also, a physical WWE Hall of Fame. I know there's been talks of a physical place to go to to obviously, you know, um, have a Hall of Fame because right now it's, there's no physical place. It's not like the Football Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, or anything like that. It's just... You know, basically, it's a list of wrestlers and and names online. That's basically the Hall of Fame at this point. Also, another WWE Saudi Arabia show, possibly, uh, by the end of the year. We'll talk about that as well. And then uh, AEW shows with fans, full-capacity fans. When is that coming back? JR kind of gave us a little idea of that on his podcast. So we'll talk about all of that coming up on The Average Marks, episode number 95 for April 22nd, 2021. That's right. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, 
YouTube, Twitch, at the average marks. And the great thing about Facebook and Twitter, you know, essentially I run Facebook, Patrick runs Twitter. So you're going to get two different news feeds right there. So totally different stuff. So make sure you hit us up on both at the average marks on Facebook and Twitter. Also, if you missed the live show and maybe Friday you're wanting to hit the podcast up at work, you can get us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, all the podcatchers that are out there. They're getting us as well. Did you notice one that's not in there, Patrick? As far as like... Apple Podcast. Ah, because I was about to ask, you did not say Apple Podcast, and now I could have sworn I did go to Apple Podcast, and our new episode from last week was was on on there. Yeah. Really? Yes, it was on there. I was I was gonna I was waiting for you to say Apple Podcast because I did go on there. Now I don't know if it's been removed since then, but I think the day or two hey. after I went back because I wanted to listen to it, see how it sounded and everything. And I went back and Apple Podcast is how I listen to podcasts. So I went, I looked for the average marks and it showed up and episode ninety four was there. Well maybe so, just a little bit longer. Maybe so, but it it's there. Uh if you want to go double check and confirm right. that, it, it's there as far as I know. Because I tried to log in to their podcast website where you go in and you put your RSS feed in there and everything. Same issue as last time. I couldn't log in. I tried like 18 times with my login. It would just go back to the same screen. I'm like, screw you, Apple. You know what? This time it is for real. Screw you. But that's some great news right there. Well, whatever you did last week, apparently it worked. Um, Nice. Like I said, I I can, you know what? You you got me wanting to double check now. So (laughs) I'm, I'm literally going to pull it up right here on my phone. I do have Apple Podcast right here uh, on my phone, but um, yes, okay. So, oh Lord, now that now they're all updating all my podcasts. So give give me a second here; it's going a little crazy. Okay, so the average marks, and I can show you right here. I have it on my my phone, and look, episode if it focuses there ninety four. There you go, ninety four cool. from Friday. It's there on Apple Podcast, Average Marks nice. Pro Wrestling Podcast. Well, we're on there, folks. So we are on there. So, Mikey, uh, sorry, David, whatever you did last week, um, you know, do it again because it worked. So we're on Apple Podcasts, too, for all you Apple Podcast listeners out there. Awesome. All right. The first thing we're going to talk about, as I mentioned a while ago, big, you know, pay-per-view this weekend, uh, Impact Rebellion. Uh, it's, It's on Sunday. I thought it was on Saturday for some reason. So it's on Sunday night, April 25th. Live on pay-per-view. Uh, is it on Impact Plus? I know Impact Plus has this thing. Um, do you know where where it's at, Mike, or if it's on there? I know you follow Impact a little bit closer than I do. No, I didn't check that out. You didn't check that out, but it is available You know, live on pay-per-view, and I'm sure... The, of course, I can't see right there. Uh, go ahead and go on your spill. I'll check it out. But the big match, you know, there's many matches. I'm actually going to go over a few of them before we get to the big one. So as I pull up the match card here, um, the tag team match for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship, it's Fire and Flava, Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles taking on Jordan Grace. And as of right now, it's a mystery opponent. It was supposed to, it was going to be Jazz, but Jazz lost the the career match a couple of weeks ago. So she's a, a, a woman of her word. She's not going to wrestle, but Jazz claims she has someone for Jordan Grace. I was, you know, I was trying to contemplate who it could be. Some people said Taylor Wilde, who hasn't wrestled an impact in, in over a decade now, but apparently she's making her way back. Could be Taylor Wilde. I thought maybe Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray obviously was with Impact, and she announced her retirement from wrestling back in November. Then she was slated to wrestle somebody in June somewhere outside of Impact. So maybe Kyler Ray makes an appearance. I think it's one of those two. I'm not exactly sure, but you know, Sunday we're going to find out. So it's gonna be Jordan Grace, mystery opponent, taking on Fire and Flava for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. And what's also, up with Jordan Grace? Didn't she not sign her impact or resign with Impact? Well, apparently she's she's still there. She's on the roster. I because I remember you telling me that. I said, well, let me go look on the Impact oh, roster. Yeah, well, she's listed on the Impact website on the, on the roster, so she is there, and she's in a match for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship with her partner still TBD, but uh, we're going to find out on Sunday night who Jordan Grace is going to team with. Uh, Jordan Grace, obviously a former uh, Knockouts champion in her own right, uh, looking to add a little bit to that 
that resume with an Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. And then we have an eight-man tag team match. Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack taking on Violent by Design, which is Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring, and Rhino. Trey Miguel taking on Sammy Callahan in a last-man-standing match, and we all know how crazy Sammy Callahan can yeah. get. So that's going to be probably a very physical, possibly even a, a hardcore match. Um, you get very hardcore, so we'll definitely keep our eyes open to see how that one transpires. One I'm certainly interested in, knowing the history between these two guys, Matt Cardona taking on Brian Myers, of course, uh, they go back to the days where they were the edge heads. Uh, they were edges too, and they were part of. I think it was a bigger faction known as La Familia. It was like Edge, and that's when Edge and I think Vicky Guerrero were having their little on-screen romance, and that Chavo was in there, and they called themselves La Familia. But ultimately, it was Edge, you know, and of course back then, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. They were the edge heads. They went on to actually win the Raw Tag Team titles two years ago at WrestleMania 35. And then, of course, Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins, they got released last year. They went on. Kurt Hawkins went on to Impact. I think he debuted back in August as Brian Myers, his, his shoot name. And Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, he actually went to AEW for a couple of appearances, a cup of coffee, as they say, in the wrestling business. And then he showed up at Impact. So... I think the storyline here is, you know, Brian Myers is, you know, he said, well, I came to Impact Wrestling and you followed me here. So now they're they're not so much friends anymore um, in, in the storyline, but they're going one-on-one. -on -one. I think that's going to be a really fun match with those two on Sunday night. Happy birthday the other day. Or happy birthday Brian to, uh, yeah, Brian Myers. Happy birthday to Brian Myers. And also, they, they both ahead. beefed up since they came to Impact. Yeah. Quite a bit. So this should be, as JR would say, a slobber knocker. Well, Matt Cardona, you know, his slogan when he got released was it was like something like always ready. So he Matt Cardona, I think his mindset is that, you know, whoever comes calling, whatever promotion wants me to, you know, if you want me to show up tonight to wrestle, I'm ready. So Matt Cardona certainly always stays ready. The Impact X Division Championship, triple threat match, Ace Austin versus Josh Alexander versus TJP. That should be a, a really fun match. X Division Championship matches are always great. Yeah. Uh, Impact Knockouts Championship. Deanna Perazzo taking on Tennille Dashwood. I know you said that one's going to be a, a really good one as well. And then the Impact World Tag Team Championships. Finn Juice, which is David Finley and Juice Robinson, taking on the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. It'll be interesting to see if they put those Impact World Tag Team titles back on the Good Brothers, and then basically the entire elite on All Elite Wrestling, they're all going to have gold yet again. And then speaking of All Elite Wrestling, the main event, it's Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega. It's title versus title for the Impact and AEW World Championship. So, you know, this match, it's a big match just because obviously you have two world championships from two different companies going head-to-head. -head. So one of these guys is obviously going to walk out of rebellion with the AEW and Impact World title. So what what confuses me, though, and what is, I guess, confused a lot of folks is what is the relationship between AEW and uh, Impact at this point? Because, you know, we've seen Kenny Omega show up on Impact, you know, with, obviously with Don Callis, who has big Impact ties, numerous times but i have never seen rich swan show up on aew anything at any point and you would think that maybe at least once have rich swan show up on aew to at least promote this match to get the aew fans which right now you know aew is much hotter than than impact aew's got more eyes than impact you would think you're going to try to get Rich Swan on Impact Television, who, by the way, last night drew 1.1 million people, so they drew over a million people yet again now that they have Wednesday nights to themselves. Last night would have been a really good opportunity to get Rich Swan on AEW Dynamite and promote this match, but there's been none of that. So that right there sort of confuses me a little bit as to why... You know, you got Kenny showing up on Impact, but you don't have Rich Swan showing up on AEW. 
at this point, the only Impact talent that has shown up on AEW are the Good Brothers with, uh, you know, obviously they've shown up, Gallows and Anderson have shown up with Kenny Omega. You know, they've run together with the Bullet Club back in the day in Japan, so they kind of sort of got the band back together, so to speak. But this match, I'm just going to say it right now. We were going to do the PW scorecards uh, for Rebellion. We were going to fill them out, do predictions, but they won't be available till tomorrow because obviously Impact's last show before Rebellion is tonight. And I guess the PW scorecard guys want to wait, you know, see what transpires tonight. Maybe a match might get added. Maybe there's a change. Maybe they'll announce Jordan Grace's mystery partner tonight. I would think they'd wait till Sunday, but some things could change tonight on impact, which could change, obviously, the scorecard. So we're not going to fill it out, but I will say this. I do not see a scenario where Kenny Omega does not leave Rebellion without the AEW and Impact World Championships. I just don't see, and part of the reason why I don't see that is because you know Kenny Omega's been showing up on Impact, but Rich Swan has not been showing up on AEW. So, I mean, David, do you see a scenario where they're going to put both of those titles on Rich Swan. Uh, no, no offense to Rich Swan, he's great, but he's not as hot of a wrestler right now as, as Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega's been a huge name now for the last two or three years in professional wrestling, much bigger than Rich Swan. So, do you see a scenario where they put this title on Rich Swan at all? No, Rich Swan couldn't even hold Kenny Omega's jock when he was in WWE and Kenny was in Japan. Now, you alluded to it a second ago, and we were talking about this earlier this week. I think the only reason why they have a relationship with Impact is because, like you said, they had to get the Good Brothers over to get the band back together. And obviously, they signed with Impact so that they could still wrestle in Japan and make a ton of money over there every now and again. But, of course, the pandemic screwed that up for them. But AEW could care less about Impact. Impact has so much more... I guess, chance to get some rub off of this than AEW. So there's no way that anybody from Impact, say if they start doing more titles like tag team for tag team and stuff like that, there's no way, unless it's the Good Brothers, there's no way that anybody from Impact is taking an AEW belt. It's just an inferior brand. It is. I mean, by... And, you know, I would say Impact has certainly made a name for themselves in the last couple of years. You know, they're getting... You know, these guys, you know, the guys that, let, that were let go from WWE, the Good Brothers, Matt Cordona, Brian Myers, just to name a few. And they also, and of course, they had Tessa Blanchard, and then that kind of, you know, fell through. And Tessa Blanchard at one point was the, the hottest thing in pro wrestling. I mean, you had a woman wrestling and not only wrestling for, but winning the Impact World Championship. But now Tessa Blanchard, she's just floating in the free agency right now. Still have no idea where she may show up, if she shows up anywhere at all. We don't know. But, um, you know, Impact has certainly made some waves in the past couple of years. And I think I think both AEW and Impact could obviously, or will obviously, how can I say this? Uh, benefit, uh, that's the word I was looking for, benefit from having one or the other, especially the women's division in AEW, which has been somewhat lackluster over the past, well, you know, since their inception, really, has been lackluster at times. And people like, you know, you have Jordan Grace, you have Sue Young, you know, you had Jazz, which now she's retired, but um, I'm trying to think who else they got in, in Impact Wrestling. Obviously, Deanna Perazzo, the Impact Knockouts World Champion. You know, you have some of these girls, and then Tennille Dashwood as well, who, you know, a lot of these girls are, are well-known because, you know, obviously, Tennille Dashwood, Deanna Perazzo, spent a little bit of time in WWE. Jordan Grace just, you know, she's um, she hasn't spent any time in WWE, but she's well-known all over the internet. And yeah. uh, her, her Instagram, by the way, is a tremendous so follow. Booty. Yeah, she's a boy. She's a she's super thick. She's a thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. But man, she she looks she looks fantastic. Don't get me wrong, and uh, she's a great wrestler as well. So she's she's already she's made a name for herself. Uh, just not only an impact, but on, on the internet as well, working the indie scenes and everything like that. So I would mark out of a person like Jordan Grace would show up in AEW. And the same thing, you know, I know you're a big fan of Ace Austin. If Ace Austin shows up yeah. in AEW, and then 
and even like you know Matt Hardy and, and Private Party showed up on Impact one one night, but you know not many outside of the Good Brothers, if any at all, that I could think of, have showed up in AEW. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we're just getting the icing on the cake at this point with this relationship with AEW and Impact, but one way or the other. Somebody, in my opinion, it's going to be Kenny Omega, is going to have both of these world titles on their shoulders after Sunday. And so I'm assuming Kenny Omega is going to show up at on Dynamite next Wednesday with the Impact World Championship around his waist. He's also the AAA World Champion as well, which I think he has shown up with that belt a time or two in AEW, but he doesn't wear it all the time. So... Uh, I'm just curious to see where this relationship goes. Everyone was real excited, obviously, when when Omega won the belt from Moxley. Callis helped him, and then he showed up on Impact, and then people were thinking, you know, that forbidden door got kicked down. Maybe we're going to have some sort of invasion angles, maybe where Impact's going to start showing up, or not necessarily invasion angles, but do like New Japan and Ring of Honor did. They just have guys show up back and forth uh, whenever needed. So I was yeah. hoping for that. We haven't really gotten that yet, but obviously the, this this relationship is going to have to continue to an extent because one of these two guys are going to have both of these world titles on their shoulders after Sunday. But you know what happens after Omega gets both of these belts? You're going to have the problem of booking a match to get it back into Impact. Mm-hmm. Who in the world on Impact's roster is going to take this belt? And that's why you know I pose the question: What's going to what's going to happen with this relationship between AEW and Impact? Because it has to go somewhere. At least I would hope it goes somewhere, and hopefully, you know, it it becomes a stronger relationship, and hopefully, we start seeing some more crossover. Um, you know, because right now we're barely seeing anything. I'm not saying it has to be full blown invasion like WWE, WCW, 2001 type stuff, but you know, let's. Uh, Every now and again, let's see what happens with a little bit of crossover. So, you know, uh, I wonder if they're having trouble getting wrestlers in and out of the border because of the pandemic. That could be true too. But of course, AEW's been—I mean, not AEW. Impact's been been filming in Nashville, so they're in the states. But oh, they have. Yeah, I know they're based in Canada, but right now they've been in Nashville, Tennessee, filming. So. But yeah, Rebellion on Sunday night, you know, Rich One, Kenny Omega, world title versus world title, AEW versus Impact. That's going to be great. Finn Juice and the Good Brothers for the tag team titles. Also, Deanna Perazzo, Tenille Dashwood, as I said, Impact Knockouts World Championship. Ace Austin, Josh Alexander, TJB, Triple Threat Match, Impact X Division Championship. Cardona versus Myers. You got Trey Miguel and Sammy Callahan, last man standing. The eight-man tag team match, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack taking on Violent by Design, and then Fire and Flavor, which is Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles taking on Jordan Grace and a mystery partner that Jazz has picked out herself. So it should be a, a very interesting uh, pay-per-view on, on Sunday night. The only way that I see... over a girl from AEW? Like Red Velvet or something. That that would be interesting, but I think I saw on Reddit somebody was saying maybe Taylor Wild. Say which yeah. is a, she's a former. I think she's a former Impact Knockout. She won it one time in Impact Knockouts Championship, but she hasn't wrestled in ten years. So that's you know that that's kind of crazy. But yeah. um, to come back after ten years like that, but then I also thought maybe Kylie Ray. But I would be I would mark out if it would be an AEW women's wrestler because. That just shows, okay, that's more of the crossover we were wanting, at least that I was wanting. So Bring over Thunder freaking Rosa. I would be perfectly fine with that. Uh, all right, let's move on now from uh, Rebellion. Uh, this past week was the first episode of the AEW Biography Series with the WWE Superstars. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin. What a way to you know start that off as Stone Cold's m- my personal favorite. Um, I, I, ca- I kind of caught it late. I, j- I jumped in like six minutes in. And started watching, but it was a well put together documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously highlighting the the neck injury when we got pile drived by Owen Hart. Uh, that was just you know, and I always forget just how like that match. It's, it was at SummerSlam in '97. How Austin obviously was supposed to win that match. It was for the Intercontinental Championship, and Owen drops him on his head, and Austin's like can't feel anything. 
and Austin has to crawl over to Owen and like roll him up. And it was still, I mean, it still might be the worst roll up in the history of wrestling, but, um, well, good reason. Yeah. With good reason. I mean, obviously, <laughs> but it, it, it was just, it's so crazy. And then obviously, you know, they, they talked about how, how quickly he rose into, you know, his fame and how hot he was, but in such a short period of time because of that neck injury, his career was just cut short and everything. It was a really, really good documentary. If you have not seen it yet, really go watch it. I plan on watching all eight of these. Um, I mean, obviously, I was probably more into the Stone Cold one than, than I will be and maybe in the others. Uh, this weekend, it's a Rowdy Roddy Piper. That one should be really good. Uh, I think they're going to focus on how, you know, because he was obviously one of the biggest heels back in the 80s and how, you know, back then there wasn't there there wasn't the Internet and things. So like people like, you know, the, there was I'm trying to think of the word to use. It was, you know, it was perceived as being more real than than it's perceived now. Obviously, the, the cat's out of the bag because of the Internet and everything like that. But I mean. From what I'm seeing in the previews, you know, people like despised Roddy Rowdy Piper. Obviously, we went, we all went on to love him later, but I mean, absolutely despised him. People giving him the bird, and like apparently he needed like people to like to kind of watch his bag because some of these rowdy fans might try and kick his ass and and things like that. But uh, you know, he I mean, the hot rod man. He was uh, one of the all time greats, and what's great, you know, about all eight of the guys they're doing. All of them are Hall of Famers, and all of them are, without a doubt, first ballot Hall of Famers, even though in WWE there's no such thing as, a, I guess, technically a first ballot Hall of Famer, but all these guys are first ballot Hall of Famers in their own right, including Booker T, who's a two-time um, Hall of Famer. But looking <laughs> forward to it. Uh, you, didn't get, you didn't get a chance to watch the, the Stone Cold one, did you? Yeah, no, I watched it. Me and the son okay. watched it. It was really oh. good, man. Well, what was your thoughts on it? I couldn't believe. Well, number one, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but dead gummit Owen Hart, like you ruined a good thing, bro. Like imagine what Stone Cold could have done if he would have had four, five, six more years in the tank. I know, right? And and, and it's crazy too because you know obviously he had his last match in two thousand and three. No one knew it at the time. I think the only people who knew it and he, he mentioned it, he talked about it. It was him. Rock and I guess Vince, you know, those are the only guys that really truly knew that it was going to be his last match. And he was talking about how for the first three years after that match, how depressed he was and just, you know, hey, when you when you were as hot as Stone Cold was and you got you have to walk away from it like that, that abruptly. I mean, that, that's got to be tough. And I mean, now he's, you know, he's able to do the podcast. He's got his reality shows he hosts and everything. And now he's. You know he's doing just fine. He's got his own beer, and he's he's he was able, luckily, to to find life after wrestling and find ways to enjoy it. So good for Stone Cold. Um, looking and forward. Was, to, go ahead. And it was really encouraging. You know, he said that. You know, looking how other guys fared after they got out, he feels really good, and not really much pain in his neck and yeah. his body as a whole feels pretty good. But I tell you what. You know, he talked all this big game about how tough of a son of a bitch he was. But I tell you what, when Owen dropped him, he showed his medal right there because I would have been like, bro, throw up the X. <laughs> yep. Throw up the X, Hebner. Get the stretcher out here. But it goes I don't to even care. I don't even want to get rolled up. Tell him not to touch me. But it goes to show you that, you know, because throughout the entire documentary, you know, Stone Cold, that's – you know that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to wrestle. He was hell bent on being the best wrestler he could, and he wasn't going to let anything, especially being paralyzed. Certainly, he was not going to let being paralyzed keep him from, you know, be obviously that night becoming Intercontinental Champion. And yeah, you're right. He after that night, I think he certainly earned the the mantra of being the the toughest sob in in WWE. And man, what a just what a crazy ride it, it was. As, as Vince even, I think, said, they, they interviewed him in, in the documentary. He said, man, what a ride yeah. that was. And and then also they had a nice little thing about uh, you know his rivalry with The Rock. And they talked about, obviously, with, with McMahon, his rivalry with McMahon. But McMahon was obviously not 
a wrestler. He was just the boss, and he, you know, you also while you had while the McMahon Austin rivalry is still one of the all time greats, you still needed that guy in ring wise, wrestler wise. You needed somebody who could you know go toe to toe with Stone Cold, and you know, it just so happens that the luck of the draw at the time, you had this other guy named The Rock in the company. I mean, arguably two of the biggest stars ever in the company just hitting their peaks at the same time. And obviously they've, you know, headlined three WrestleManias together and whatnot. And, uh, you know, what would just, you know, what a time it was to be a wrestling fan, late nineties, early two thousands and everything. But, um, it was a great documentary. I'm looking forward to the Roddy Piper one. I'm looking forward to all the rest of them. I think the one people are looking most forward to is the Shawn Michaels one. I don't know exactly which week, that one's going to be, but the Shawn Michaels one, man, that one's looking like it's going to be absolutely spectacular. But they all look good. The The previews, uh, the hype for it has just been there, and I'm excited for Roddy Piper this uh, Sunday night, 7 o'clock, A&E, Central Time, 7 o'clock. So yeah, such and DVRs and everything if uh, you don't plan on being there to watch it live. And one thing I got out of the Stone Cold uh, documentary that I think is a great life lesson is Man, follow your passion and don't give up. There's plenty of times where Stone Cold could have said, you know what? This wrestling thing isn't working out. I'm out of here. Let me go like it like you did after uh, school. Go work on the docks. Make some decent mm -hmm. money. And just forget about the whole wrestling thing. But he kept at it. And eventually, he came to be what he was. It was a great story. Yeah, it was. And uh, obviously, at the beginning of the, the documentary, I think it sort of went in chronological order of his career. But, you know, the first 30, 45 minutes of the documentary talked about his, his days pre-WWE. And, you know, he went through so he went through a lot of hardships. I mean, he was talking about living in his car, um, you know, the, the meals he ate, barely would eat anything, this and that. And it, it was it was very interesting. So highly, if you have not seen it, it it's, it's a must watch for any wrestling fan. Right. All right, next topic is, uh, let's see, I think you just pulled something up here. Ah, uh, yes, uh, you know, we talked about Roddy, uh, Roddy Piper going from Rowdy, Roddy Piper to Rowdy Ronda Rousey, who has not wrestled in WWE now in just over two years. She left uh, to go start a family, and hey, what do you know, two years later, she finally gets pregnant. Now, she's four months pregnant. She announced on her YouTube page the other day she is pregnant four months. So congratulations to yeah. Rhonda and Travis. Um, she's four months pregnant, which means the baby was conceived back in, I guess, January sometime. So that would put, and, you know, as soon as I heard she was four months pregnant, I started doing the timeline. I was like, all right, so when she's going to have this baby? So four months and five months. She's, she should have it, I'm, a guess, I'm guessing, around September she'll have it. So... You know, you have the baby in September, and then obviously you have a handful of months to, you know, nurse it, take care of it, whatever the case may be. And then, because we did, we were told by the WWE president, uh, what's his name, Nick Khan or something, Khan, like that. Um, At least Khan, we we know that for sure. Yeah, Khan. Yeah, how can you forget that? Um, that Ronda Rousey would be returning to WWE at some point, but obviously, I don't know if he knew if Ronda was pregnant when he said that. He may or may not have known, but. At this point, you know, we're still paying her. I think she's still under contract. I don't know. <clears throat> wonder if she got like a guaranteed deal. Maybe she did, but, um, but I, I certainly now not expecting Rhonda back at least for the rest of 2021. I, I'd say the earliest now we see her is at the Royal Rumble in 2022. But, um, you know, Rhonda's pregnant now and ain't much else to say about it. She's pregnant. We no, won't see her. Any Go ahead. Have at it. You know, in a, lot, a lot of our former podcasts before we took our break, you know, she was trying to get pregnant then too, like two yeah. years ago. And, and that was the whole reason for her taking the break after she lost to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 35 two years ago. So we thought she was going to take maybe a year, maybe even two tops. And now two years into that hiatus, she's now pregnant. So, you know, we were making the fun of Travis Brown shooting blanks. But I tell you what, I bet you they had a hell of a time trying two years of getting down and dirty. Yeah. Uh, I bet you it was pretty fun. Look, yeah, look I, don't, I, don't feel, I don't feel that bad for Travis Brown. I no, mean, he, no. He's been having, he's been, you know, and that's the thing too. Like, I'm, you know, you have kids. I don't. And I'm, I'm enjoying my life thus far not having children. So <laughs> if you're Travis Brown, I guess, you know, you've had your fun over the past few years, uh, having some fun with old Rhonda and, and not having kids. But now 
you're going to get to be a daddy and really get to see what, what fatherhood and obviously Rhonda's going to get to see what motherhood is all about. So, but you know, in to, I guess, go on that with us making fun of, of Travis, she said in the video, um, she's like, we'll tell you guys why it took so long because we know you have questions in another mm-hmm. video. And I could just, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into this. You know, we were saying Travis was shooting blanks, but I think it was written all over her face that maybe, you know, it was possibly an issue with her and it that maybe be. they had to have artificial insemination, a test tube type baby. Yeah, because some people out there, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's not uncommon for for women to to have issues getting pregnant. Right. Certainly. So maybe maybe they were just having issues, and we don't know what those issues are. I think maybe they'll come out and tell us whenever they're ready, and that's fine. Um, they don't even and have to tell us. we got a gender us. reveal coming up soon. Oh, good, a gender reveal. Well, I'm sure everyone will be tuned in for that. Gender reveals are a big thing on social media these days. I think they're a little overrated, but that's just my opinion. Now, when you're Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown, you're going to get a million-plus views on that and get paid from YouTube. Yeah, I guess you're right. Whenever you have that kind of power and star or star power, at least you will take advantage of it, make a little bit of money out of it. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next topic, let's see here. Uh, Pat McAfee made his debut on SmackDown's commentary team. Him and Michael Cole. It was interesting because late last week, and every now and again, I watch the Pat McAfee show on YouTube in the middle of the day and the weekdays, and. He started this hashtag called, it was hashtag Pat's up to something, and he had posted a video of him kicking footballs, and I guess did it as a swerve, so to speak. And he started running this contest with his show, saying, if you tweet hashtag Pat's up to something and tell me what I'm going to announce, you're going to win seven grand. So he was going to give seven grand to anybody who can guess what he was up to. Dad, gummit. And then the next morning it was announced... Well, because I, I had no idea. Most we should people, hashtag something. We should have, but most people were thinking he was going to join like the Thursday night football broadcast on Amazon uh, Prime this coming season, something like that. I wasn't, to, to be honest, it's crazy. I wasn't even thinking he was going to be doing anything with WWE because he kind of, right. he was written off TV and... You know, I didn't even think about WWE. I thought it was something football related. I thought maybe he was not necessarily done with WWE, but you know, for now he was just taking a little break from WWE because he came in, did his couple of matches and things like that. And he's not a full time wrestler, obviously, but I guess you know his popularity. WWE said, "Well, let's try him out on commentary." And you know, I watched SmackDown almost in its entirety Friday night for the first time and God knows how long just because I wanted to see Pat McAfee. And then obviously it was the SmackDown after WrestleMania. I thought maybe some fun stuff was going to happen. But I will say this. For his first time doing commentary, well, actually it was his second time because back in November of 19, when they had those travel issues in Saudi Arabia, Pat McAfee actually flew down to SmackDown and did the commentary then. And I thought he did a great job then. And Pat, he, he's very energetic. He loves wrestling. He can be funny. He's he's not boring, I will tell you that. He's certainly not boring. He's almost a, a, a breath of fresh air at the commentary table, along with Michael Cole and even Pat McAfee. He's deemed Michael Cole as the greatest of all time, which I disagree. I think Jim Ross is, obviously, but some people will say Gorilla Monsoon. And granted, Michael Cole has a great resume in, in his own right. He still has his mess-ups from time to time. He sounds like a robot, you know, programmed by Vince and them, them headphones. But certainly, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee, they, they sort of balance each other out. And Michael Cole was actually on Pat McAfee's show last Friday when after the announcement was made. And I thought they had a very good interview they did together. And Cole said it best. He said, I'm very happy to have you know Pat McAfee working with me because in a way it, it keeps Cole somewhat young. It keeps him, you know, even though he's obviously, I think he's in his 50s now, but it keeps him young. And having, you know, a young hip guy like Pat McAfee to, to bounce off of. I think it's it's a really good dynamic with those two, and I'm just happy to have Pat McAfee as part of the WWE family full-time, even just as a commentator, and that's the good thing about commentators. Commentators have gotten into the ring before, so we could certainly see Pat McAfee get into the ring, but we don't need to see him get into the ring all the time. Certainly, 
You know, he's had his his beef with Adam Cole. He still calls Adam Cole a scumbag and everything like that. So he does a great job of keeping kayfabe alive, even on his show. Anytime somehow Adam Cole's brought up, he just talks down about Adam Cole. So I think McAfee understands the business. He loves the business. And, you know, there was one part, it was one match they were having on SmackDown. He was like standing up doing commentary because he was so into it. So I think it's a great addition for SmackDown. I think it's a great addition for WWE to have him there full time. Obviously, he's still a little bit green as far as wrestling commentary, but he's no stranger to a microphone having his radio show now for a couple of years. I think Matt... Pat McAfee on commentary, he's going to age like fine wine. He's going to only get better as time goes on. Yeah, I wasn't able to watch that show, but I would definitely be tuning in tomorrow. Um, is he taking more of like a heel commentator stance or is he neutral? No, I think he's he's more neutral. Uh, you know, I think, and he talked about it with Cole on his on his show about, um, you know, his he knows his job is to put these wrestlers over. He's going to do whatever it can he can to put these wrestlers over unless they're Adam Cole. <laughs> but um you know, he I think he he gets it. And obviously, you know, he had, with with Cole right there, I mean, as a guy coming in for the first time doing a full-time gig with WWE like that, there's no better guy to be with than Michael Cole because Michael Cole obviously knows the ropes, he knows how it's done and you know, Pat. I think Cole's a good person to learn from because I think Pat McAfee is not going to turn into the robot that you know, obviously Michael Cole is because Pat gets a little more, a little bit more freedom being the color analyst. The analyst, I think. I don't even think they call it a color guy, but the analyst. Whereas Cole's the play-by-play guy, so he's got to really be more serious and uh, call it like it is. Whereas McAfee can sort of, you know, be a little more comical, be a little more himself, be have his character come out and, you know, talk down on someone or talk up on someone or whatever the case may be. I think it allows McAfee to be more himself versus if he was doing play-by-play. Right. Uh, got anything else to add to that? No. Uh-uh. Well, all right, let's dive on to the next topic then. Um, I think we got – are we in rumor mill at this point? No, no. we got our game now. Yes. Mar- MFK. We'll just call it MFK. We're going to play MFK. Um, so we picked three girls from the three major promotions, WWE, Impact, and AEW. And Patrick has to figure out which one to marry, which one to F, and which one to kill. You ready I told, for and I told you to make it, you know, as, as make, make me think about it. Because obviously in the world of wrestling, there are many, many, many beautiful women of all colors, races, and everything. So there's there's a variety of women, but they're all beautiful in their own right. So yeah, let's uh let, let's get it. There we go. From WWE, we have Scarlett Bordeaux. From Impact, we have Tennille Dashwood. And from AEW, we have <laughs> Ty Conti. It's a shame you got you got have to kill one of these three. Um, so <laughs> hey, I, while you're going through this, I got to take this call. My wife has hit me up like crazy. I'm gonna put me on mute. All right, sounds good. Um, so you know this is it's tough at first, but if I think about it a little bit, you know, and I, and I saw a video of Tennille Dashwood the other day. To me, Tennille Dashwood, she's still very hot, but she may have taking a step back, in my opinion. Um, I, I would marry Ty Conti, uh, even though I'm, 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 I'm a big breast guy. And Ty Conti, she's got more of the booty, which you tremendous booty on, on Ty Conti, one of the best in, in pro wrestling. But I, I would have to marry Ty Conti. She's the cutest of, of the three, in my opinion. I'd have to F Scarlett Bordeaux. I mean, because why, why would I not? And... I would have to kill Tennille. I, I just, as, as tough a, dec- is a decision it, it is, uh, of these three, to me, Tennille is just, uh, you know, just, I, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't pick Tennille over the other two. So I'm going to marry Ty Conti, who had a great performance last night uh, against Hikaru Shida in the AEW Women's World Championship match. I'm going to marry Ty Conti because she's just the, the cutest thing. I'm going to F Scarlett Bordeaux, and I got to kill Tennille Dashwood just because... I, when we had our hottest woman in wrestling competition two years ago, 
You were so high on Tennille Dashwood. I was. But now you were on the phone just now, so you didn't hear my reasoning. But I saw, I watched a video of Tennille Dashwood. Obviously, she has her, her Impact Knockouts Championship match coming up. And I don't know. There was something about her. She just, she's taken a step back, in my opinion. She got her uh -uh. hair like kind of all black now, really dark color. And I don't know. She's, she's still hot. Don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, you know, I would still pick over over probably ninety percent of the women on this earth. But <laughs> she, she's. I mean, compared to the other two, Scarlett and and Ty, I just, I had, I have to kill Tennille. Yeah. Sorry, Tennille. I mean, man, all three of these are smoke shows. I mean, yeah, they're all, like I said, if if, if any three of them, like I said, if we were playing Smash or Pass, it would be Smash, Smash, Smash. So. <laughs> Without hesitation. Oh, man. All right, let's see the next three here. <laughs> oh, wait, no, we only had three this time. Oh, that was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought we were doing like three different sets, I guess, of women. No, three oh, women okay. from the top three promotions. Okay. All right. Hey, that's. Oh, hey, we gotta, we gotta like, uh, we gotta be able to do it again. We can't use them all up. Well, dude, there, you know how many women there are in professional wrestling? I'm just saying, we, we, we gotta draw this thing out. I feel you. So next week, next week we can do another one. That could be a, a weekly thing now. I guess. Like, like an indie promoter told me one time, don't give them what they want. Yeah, you're Give them right. only what they need. So I'm sorry, Tanil. You can still, if you call me, I'll still answer the phone. I promise. <laughs> All right, let's go on now to Rumor Mill as uh, one of my favorite uh, segments of the show. Rumor Mill. Uh, so you got, you have three of them, yeah. and then I, I, I had one. So you want to start with your three? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, go ahead. Uh, according to Wrestle Votes, two WWE sources indicate that an event in Saudi Arabia is going to be possible. At the end of 2021, said it's on the table. You know, and a lot of a lot of fans obviously are not going to like this because you know, with everything that went down with the the Saudis and the, the the Saudi prince and all that all that stuff, you know, they call it blood money. But apparently, they're going to pay WWE a, a ton of money, and then also the way they book these shows is is crazy. Like they had the Undertaker and Goldberg, and one of the worst matches ever. <laughs> I'm. You know, I'm fine with these shows as long as you book them right. Don't, and I know the Saudi prince is paying a lot of money and he wants to see Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Undertaker, Kane, whatever, the Goldberg, all these legends. But, I mean, at what price are you going to, I mean, obviously you're not going to get The Undertaker anymore. You might get Goldberg. I don't think you're going to get Shawn Michaels anymore because Shawn Michaels regrets having that that one match I think back in what 2018 late 2018 I, I, I think that was in Saudi Arabia so if you're gonna have this show you know book it right like I don't Brutus know Barber Beefcake had his 64th birthday yesterday I bet you he would accept a booking yeah he might but <laughs> I don't know if the Saudi prince wants to see Brutus the Barber uh, Brutus Barber Beefcake come on man he might I mean but I don't know and of course, Brutus, I don't know when the last time he's been in a wrestling ring. but oh, it's probably been a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I always liked the ideas of having these big shows in international places. Like they had that one in, in Australia a while back. But apparently Saudi Arabia is paying a ton of money. And unfortunately, Saudi Arabia, you know, with the, that just all that, that craziness that went down with the killing of, I think, that journalist and all that stuff and just put a bad taste in, in fans mouths as WWE went over there and took blood money like I said as they, they call it so I wish they would do stuff like maybe in London or Paris like in the in the European countries and in Australia again even go to Japan which I don't know if they'd want to go to Japan and of course nowadays with the pandemic you know that's a uh, obviously out of the question until we return to some big time normalcy but um the the one thing I would I would say is if you're gonna have it you know book it right don't don't have the Undertaker and Goldberg going at each other when you know damn good and well that they're not gonna be able to put on a really good match for, for these people I mean you're kind of you're almost stealing money from these people uh, but then again I guess if that's what they want they don't care they more got power to money. them most of them that have seats anyway we talked about this uh, a few years ago. They're pretty much all princes because they have like 8 million princes over there. Yeah, and then half of them, at it's least like the, I, remember, I remember the first Saudi show, they had like all these special chairs on the floor and everything. Yeah. 
And like half of them aren't even watching the show. They're like, it's like a social event. They're all there talking to one another, not even paying attention to the show, which is kind of annoying, but whatever. I, I would be okay if they did. I mean, I would have to be okay if they didn't go to Saudi Arabia, but I do like the idea of having, it's the thing that they go to the to Saudi Arabia in this, in this humongous stadium and it could be like a WrestleMania type show. And, yeah. you know, they just, they, they've done a, the first time they had it, it was pretty good. But then like, I find the booking has gotten progressively worse the more shows they've gone through. So hopefully it'll, the, the direction goes around. Like this past year for WrestleMania, we didn't have Brock Lesnar. We didn't have Oldberg, as some people call him. We didn't uh, have Triple H. We didn't have Cena. We didn't have Taker. We didn't have none of these legends. So maybe the tide is turning uh, to an extent, and you know, maybe the next Saudi show, you know, they'll use the current talent that they have and not try to reach for some of these older legends. Yeah. Uh, take this for what you will, Patrick, but old uncle Dave Meltzer on his radio show said, Vince McMahon has always seen a physical WWE hall of fame as a waste of money. But he also adds that triple H supports the idea. And we were talking about this show, um, last week or maybe early this week in the hall with one of our coworkers, A and E's WWE most wanted treasure show. Yeah. Uh, apparently that might be, uh, triple H trying to collect memorabilia for a hall of fame building or an exhibit. Now Maybe when I, the old man dies, I think a W a physical WWE hall of fame, you know, you, you would think Vince, because you could, you, know, you could charge people to go in there yeah. and charge like, yeah. can you imagine like the amount of wrestling fans, especially if you put it in a place where a lot of tourists will go, Yeah, you know, can you imagine, like, even if you charge, 10, 20 bucks to go do a full tour or whatever the case may be. How many people would go like through a, there? A convention hall. You have a yearly yeah. convention. You bring a bunch of your legs there. And there's so many things you can put in this building that even if you charge 20 bucks, it's worth it. Like all these, you know, the, the show with all the treasures and stuff, all of the the championships, all of the the, the, the costumes, um, even like old... Uh, I guess this might be a little weird, but like old, the old Titantrons, uh, just stuff like that. If they still have that stuff, which I would think they do, like all those WrestleMania logos that they would hang and stuff like just there's so many things you can do with this. Yeah. It it could be a Hall of Fame, and then it could be, you know, more than just a Hall of Fame. You know, you can have obviously the Hall of Fame here, and then you can have the artifacts here, and then what you could do whatever you want with it. That's the thing, but I don't know, maybe. Can you imagine watching a match in 3D? Yeah, that would be, that would be cool, too. There's so many things you can do with this, especially with the amount of money you're getting. you got three $1 billion deals that you're currently getting yeah. from Fox, USA, and now Peacock. So you got the money to to do it. Just, you know, you got, you got to find people that will give you good ideas, and you charge people to go. And you, can you imagine the amount of visitors that would, yeah. you know, go see this? As Beck said, you, you, you got to find a good place to put it. That a lot of tourists will go, maybe in the New York New York area. You know, when people go visit the Northeast, they'll or maybe in Florida, they got their performance center and everything down there. A lot of people go to Disney and things like that. A lot of people go to vacation in Florida. You put it maybe in Orlando, somewhere around there. That's a possibility as well. But I think it would be a tremendous idea. Um, and I think it would make the Hall of Fame mean just a little bit more. Yeah. All right, what's the next one? Um, have you been paying attention to Charlotte's Twitter page by any chance? Uh, I was looking at some stuff earlier this afternoon. I saw that you, know, you, you mentioned Uncle Dave a while ago. Well, he's apparently stirring up some more stuff with uh, with Charlotte Flair. Well, did you see the picture with her on a beach with Andrade? Oh yeah, I mean they've that's nothing new for them. So apparently, not only is she spending her suspension getting banged by Andrade <laughs> or all on the beach. He ain't mad about it. Uh, Alex McCarthy from Wrestling Daily said Charlotte's fair, uh, Charlotte Flair's kayfabe sub, uh, suspension was done so that she could get some dental work done. Yeah, and apparently Dave Meltzer was talking about her getting like a makeover and things like that. And then Charlotte came out and said, oh, here we go. I got a – I forgot what it was. Let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. She got like yeah. a scraggly tooth in there? Well, I – I've, I've I've never noticed anything never seen it. wrong with her teeth. I mean, obviously she's had a lot of work done since she's risen to the top of of WWE. But let me pull up Twitter here real quick. And I like her see. new straight hair look. 
Okay, well, Meltzer's trending, so let's see. I screwed Meltzer. Uh, well, Charlotte Flair calls out Dave Meltzer and says he can go to hell. You know he can. So let's see here. Um, well, Meltzer apparently said she was getting, let's see, Charlotte Flair addressed that audio clip of Dave Meltzer discussing her suspension, blah, blah, blah. Dave, let's see. Well, I'm trying to find the actual, you know, here we go. Here it is. Um, so apparently Meltzer said she was going to get a complete makeover, blah, 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 or something like that. And Charlotte Flair tweets this out. She said, yeah, I just listened. I thought Dave Meltzer would have learned his lesson last time commenting about women's bodies, but apparently I'm fair game. So I get to respond again to a rumor about my body again. You know what? This is when I stop. Dave, go to hell. And then she did a second like reply tweet said, you have my phone number. It would take you 30 seconds to ask as opposed to giving straight up crap to your listeners. Grow up. For you, of all people, to comment on a woman's looks. Damn. Do you have any shame, decency, or professionalism left at all? Find a mirror. Look hard, Dave. Oh, damn. Yes. Hashtag so the, Dave go to hell. So the queen came out and yes. lashed back out at Dave Meltzer. So good for Charlotte, you know. I'm getting annoyed with Dave Meltzer anyway, so I know you've been annoyed with him. A lot lot of people have. Should we renew our Twitter beef with Dave Meltzer? I just let it be. Do it? (laughs) Let it be for now. Let it be. Let it be for now. Uh, That's all. That's the three you had, three rumors. Uh, The one I saw is uh, Jim Ross. Uh, Recently, I believe, on his Grilling JR podcast, um, he discussed AEW's plan to add another show to their programming uh, in their... Uh, in his latest episode. And he also talked about the promotion's return to live audiences. Uh, this is what he said, quote, we're making some some changes also. We're adding more content here sooner than later with another show. They just obviously had AEW Elevation that started on Monday nights on YouTube, so I'll be interested to see what else they add. Yeah, uh, He said, we're getting our sk- schedule together. Looks like we're going back on the road pretty aggressively beginning in July. Getting back in front of a live audience is a blessing. I can't wait. I will help everybody's... It says, I will help everybody's work. I think it means to say, it will help everybody's work. You can't help but feed off the adrenaline of people and the audience surrounding you. So it should be cool. So July, according to Jim Ross, is when AEW is planning you know, to get back on the road. Nice. Obviously, you know, vaccines are rolling out at a very rapid rate uh, i you know the rate it's been going I, I was thinking to myself by july 4th i think you know we're gonna be in in really good shape to at least uh you know start getting back to some normalcy getting back to some live shows obviously AEW already has a ton of fans that show up i say a ton they you know they get a good handful of fans that show up to daily's place every other week so yeah. i'll be looking forward to you know full live shows they're coming to houston in august and I'm going to do my damnedest to be there, but man, it's uh, it's going to be really great because it was really great to have fans back at WrestleMania. I was just so pumped. That's the main reason I think I even watched WrestleMania was to watch a wrestling show with you know that many fans. It wasn't full capacity, but they still had, you know, I think what 20, 25,000 fans. That's what they say, but there was a good chunk of fans. It's probably the most fans at a wrestling show since the pandemic started, but I'm looking forward to having AEW get on the road having full capacity fans uh, in just a few months, it, it would appear. Yeah, right on. I, live shows are always amazing. I hope, you know, obviously they're going to tape their live shows. I don't know if they're going to be doing any house shows, but that would be great if they stopped through Lake Charles to do a house show. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. I think wherever they go, they're going to, well, I, I'd be interesting to see how they do because now they have AEW Dark and then AEW Dark Elevation, which each show is like at least an hour, hour and a half. So like, yeah. how are you going to do those? You know, that'll be interesting. But yeah, but apparently Jim Ross said they're getting their schedule together. So maybe they have a plan in place. Right on. All right, Patrick, that's going to do it for us here. Great show in the books. If you stayed with us this long, you are an absolute G. And if you will help uh, support us, we sure would appreciate it. Patreon.com backslash the average march. You can start out at a dollar a month. That's not going to hit anybody hard in the bank, but it sure would help us out. Um, you can also get 10% off your entire order at collar and elbowbrand.com with the code at checkout. The average march. Go check out our shirt of the week, which is the life is a work shirt. Patrick, any last thoughts? 
Nope. Looking forward to um, you know rebellion this weekend. Looking to see, you know, obviously who comes out with both the Impact and AEW World Championships. Just looking to see what transpires because I, I feel like at an Impact pay per view, some you know some big things they 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 like to go um, go all out for their their pay per view event. So looking to see and lo- also looking to see who the surprise is with with Jordan Grace as well. So uh, looking to see. Uh, what the fallout is for Rebellion and how the AEW and Impact relationship uh, goes from there. Right on. Get us out of here, brother. Outro. You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of the Average Marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production. 